I'm back with Marianne Oglesby Southerly from the Veranda Ministries to talk further about dementia. Welcome again, Marianne. It's good to be back. Thank so we, we were just kind of talking about this power of how, how can caregivers, how can end-of-life doulas, how can people help people with dementia? Well, you know, I've thought a lot about that because, as I said before to many people, I've done this for a long time. It just didn't have a name. But had I not understood the disease, I would be useless to a family. I can't, a family doesn't understand the disease. When you're told your loved one has Alzheimer's or vascular dementia, the first thing you need to go is, oh golly, what are we going to do? Mom's going to be this way. Mom's going to be that way. Dad, my, what am I going to do? I'm going to be alone. I'm going to lose my husband. He's worked his, there's so many things. That such, an emotional, such, a such an emotional, such an emotional time. What are the best resources do you think for families? I mean, there's so much on the internet. How do you pare it down to the best? Well, you know what? The best to me, I mean, I can't help but say this. If you want to know where your answers are, it's at tipasnow.com. Uh-huh. Pipa is Pipa the Snow. most amazing. P-E-E-P-A-S-N-O-W.com. She has videos on there. She is that person in her team, the PAC team, the positive approach to care team. They're, they're great people, but they've spent their lives studying how dementia affects families, how dementia affects those living with that disease. And if you want answers that's quick, then that's where you need to go because there's videos, there's YouTube videos you can watch. There's all kinds of things on all kinds of different dementias. There's Fabulous. nothing you can't find about dementia on that page. I'll Fabulous. just say that. And as we said, it's like Tipa Snow wrote the book. Like she's she wrote the really, book. She wrote the book. And I think in a truly accessible way. You, yes. You also had somebody come as a keynote speaker recently. At your company, oh my gosh. Yes. Daniel and his Potts. name is Dr. Potts, Daniel okay. Potts. His dad is, um, his dad had Alzheimer's and he missed it. He was a neurologist and he didn't, someone come to him and said, Hey, your dad is losing the car. He's losing the keys. So once he started on that journey, um, he got his, he was his dad to an adult day program like I have. And he started painting. He was a sawmill worker and he started never painted in his life. Now those paintings are, and they told the story of his life. When he could not speak, his paintbrush spoke for him. And I'm telling you, when you go, he has a, a book called A Pocket Guide for the Alzheimer's Caregiver, mm-hmm. Daniel C. Potts, and his wife helped him write it as well, Ellen. There's things in the back of that book are just one sheet things, what to do if this happens. A oh, little fabulous. one sheet. It's just great. And I love that. Because know, you get it, this kind of diagnosis, you don't you don't really necessarily want to read a 200-page book. You want the 40-page no, booklet that lays it out. That lays it out. And so mm-hmm. um, I will tell you, after the conference we had, I told some people he's 50% neurologist, a great neurologist, but 100% caregiver. And... And he was so good because he'd been there and, and was honest, such as he literally had to quit medicine for a while after his dad passed. He said, I had to take a sabbatical, a medical sabbatical. I, 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 
couldn't. And that's when he started writing poetry and music that went along with his dad's art. It's just incredible. So Dr. Potts has a website. It's the good grief. Now I would forget it. Um, It's happening. You know, here you are. It's um, Lester's art. It's lesterslegacy.com. Lesterslegacy.com. And, and he, you can Google Dr. Potts. He's, He's in Alabama. But he's a great, great guy. And um, those are my two people I go to because one speaks really from the heart. And so does Tipa. They both both speak from the clinical side as well. Say more about Tipa's, um, Tipa's PAC, PAC. PAC is called Positive Approach to Care. That is Positive, approach, knows, to care. positive approach. And that's what she does best is be positive how you approach people. So there's many things in... And it'll be on that site to where you but know is it, how to is it aimed at nurses? Is it aimed at it's um, doctors? Oh, it's at it's everyone. At everybody. It's at everybody. Everyone. You know, she does the famous hand under hand um, that helps lead people. You can even help people eat with that. Um, um, so she, the PAC team, we call it the PAC team, is mentors and teachers and things. And that's how we go and get our certifications is through that. And, um, and actually, we are a designated organization at the veranda. Now, we're the first one in Tennessee. She's now giving organizations memory cares, assisted livings, um, in-home care, medical care, um, the ability to be certified as an organization, a PAC designated organization. So the veranda in November, we finally finished. COVID kind of chopped everything all up in order to finish that. But I'm thrilled because we're the first respite program, first adult day program in the country that adopted what she does. And so um, fantastic. So you're, yeah, you're really a model for what other care programs could do in terms exactly. of training their people in this positive and approach to care you have to with dementia and it's made me a better doula. And she's the one actually that said, have you ever thought about, have you ever thought about, you need to, your end of life, there is that, but how about dementia doula, Marion? You know, that's what you do, do, but you've got to have the training to understand the disease. And so, yeah, I mean, she's been, there is no one that's affected my career. I'm also a dementia care practitioner, but Tipa's way of doing things has just intrigued me because it's always been done with kindness. It's always been done with mercy. She gives grace when it you have to, but yet it's for both. It's for the families, but it, you never leave out that person with dementia. Never. Yes. I love that. You talked about that in, in part one of our podcast where you really said, you know, we get this diagnosis and then we kind of jump to, oh my God, the ravages of dementia. Right. That, but how to stay deeply in touch with that person, whether right. that person is your mother or your brother or a friend. Right. And as a doula, you know, I've, I've told people, I said, you have to know that person a long time ago to get what end of life issues you want. I mean, you can't go in six months before you just can't, you have to know the likes. And we have a lady, I'll now tell you how important this is. We did makeovers one day. And we put pink lipstick on her. Well, I didn't know she hated pink lipstick. Well, she goes in the bathroom, mad, comes out. She's wiped all the makeup off. And she goes, I hate pink lipstick. Had I not known to go up and say, 
I didn't even think about that. What was I thinking? I knew you liked coral lipstick. She goes, you weren't thinking. That's what you were doing. You just weren't thinking. And I said, you know, leave it to me to just make a mess of this. But I am so sorry. And she goes, that's all right. Just don't let it happen again. But then it got me to thinking, I hate red lipstick. If when I pass away, they put that cheap red lipstick on me, I'm going to be mad. I'm telling you, I hated it. I don't know. I might just jump up and slap somebody. I don't know. But I don't want that. Like such a simple example, but how do we capture our wishes? How do we capture our wishes and share them? How do we do that? And you cannot do that with someone with dementia. Right. You needed to do it earlier. You needed, and families need to do it early. You need to sit mom down and, you know, um, there was a video I watched the other day and they were talking about a physician that gave them the answer or said, you know, you've got Alzheimer's, da, 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 da. And, and, you know, we're going to start you on this medicine and this is what's going to happen. Well, the person was sitting there. So when everyone left, they were just in overload. And I said, you know, I agree with Tifa sometimes on this. You need to say, we'll talk about this in two or three weeks, go home and process the diagnosis. That's right. Think about what you want. Think about how we're going to do this. You've known, you've had it this long. It actually starts in the forties. It actually started sooner. We just have now given it a name. So let's hang out with that name, read Tipa Snow's website, and then come back to the doctor and get this. Exactly. And say, you know, we'd like to try this. We want to be proactive, but we don't want to be overactive here. And so, and I will tell you, medications is one of the worst parts of my job is because in this country, there's a few meds for a bunch of different things of dementia, different kinds of dementia, different quote behaviors, unmet needs. And everybody seems to get a diagnosis in the same medications or no medications or too much medications. And so it's a fine line there between there is no pill that will fix it. Yeah. Boy, I have heard that we are running towards a great shortage of doctors who can fine tune that kind of medication, right? Like geriatric specialists who A, have the time, B, have the expertise, C, kind of have that patient knowledge. Exactly. Because you're talking about fine tuning. You're saying try this. mm. So I will tell you, that being said, that geriatric at the conference, Dr. Potts, one of the questions in Q&A was, is it necessary for me to have a neurologist? Because they're so hard to get into six months, eight months, wait, wow. da, 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 da. And, and he goes, she said, we have a great gerontologist. And he goes, geriatric, keep it, keep it. But here's the deal. The Medicare reimbursement, to be honest, I'm always honest, isn't as good for geriatrics as it is for other things. So you don't have many people going through medical school. I get it. Thousands upon hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's hard to look at an entity or at a profession that you know, that you know, you know. isn't as lucrative Absolutely. as another one. And so, yeah, the geriatric, that's why I think sometimes I'm going to be careful here. I think sometimes we've made it so hard. Yeah. We forced people to, we forced people's hands that we have to win. In fact, I'm telling you, if I say anything today, I've never had one person would not stay at the veranda in 10 years, but one. 
And it wasn't his fault. He'd been kept away for so long to put him in a social setting was not what he was going to do. And to leave his wife, he was not going to do. But for the rest, we can work around and love on them and, and learn who they are, where they are, what they do, what they like, what they don't like until it, I'm not saying it's not difficult some days, it is. But we as a country have looked at it as such a disease that no one can take care of when it's just not true. It's just, it's not, just true. not true. I think we can't take care. I think we can't handle it in isolation. Like that's what I'm struck by, right? Like if you're a caregiver, if you're the husband at home taking care of the wife who's going down this slippery slope or you're solo aging, it's, it's really hard to do this in isolation. It has it to is. be in community. It has to be in community. It has to be a group. And you know what? The saddest thing is everyone will tell you. Number one, most of them, the churches they went to, they never see again. First, it starts with the person with dementia not being able to go. The wife starts, her family starts to stay. Then they go. And then they forget who they are. They don't. And then they're sitting there all alone. And then family comes. Family doesn't come. The world, the way the world's changed. It's not the Waltons anymore. You know, um, I was blessed. I was raised with both grandparents, great grandparents. I lived with them in the summer. I, I grew up with an aging population. I saw it all. And it's made me, I, I can hear my grandmother today saying, why are you brushing your teeth with that toothpaste? That's nasty. That stuff's going to kill you. Don't drink Kool-Aid because that, that red stuff can't be good for you. I was a little child. And what was red dye number nine mm -hmm. in Kool-Aid? They took it away. So they weren't as dumb as we thought they were. They were pretty smart, you <laughs> know, weren't being mean. Yeah. They were trying but, to protect but today, us. Today, many of us don't grow up with those extended families no, and people are don't. spread around in the U.S. especially. And so how do you get the care? How do you get the support? How do you find a place like yours that's, um, you know, the Veranda Ministries has this beautiful respite daycare for people. What a gift for caregivers. I mean, I just. It, it truly is. Huge. And they will tell you. And, you know, it's funny because there are families. They become families. Matter of fact, after the conference, they said, we're going to start having a Veranda family meeting once a month and we're all going to go out to eat. So we give them that compassion. Listen, we're nothing without the compassion for others. I don't care what disease you have. But in dementia, you've got to find compassion for both sides, person living with it, person taking care of it. And without that compassion, we've got to figure out a way to do this better because I can honestly tell you, I don't think it's a bit better 10 years from than when I started. Well, the incredible thing, what I'm struck by is just the numbers, right? Like it seems oh, yeah. like you do this amazing work and you serve 15 people at a time. So that was Gallup, the state of Tennessee. And that's that the, was Tennessee. the state of Tennessee. So, and that's, that's got to be, and, and how many staff and volunteers is that taking to make that work? I have one paid staff member beside myself, and then we have a host of volunteers, but they're trained in yep. positive approach to care. Yep. They are trained in how to take care of people living with dementia. And that's what we have to do. That's how we have to train ourselves. We have to train families. We have to train new doulas. We have to even train, I'm going to say this, nurses. Mm -hmm. 
Because they really in Tennessee don't get much training in dementia. No, of course not. And then all of that takes time. All of that takes money. Money. And multiply that by the number of people living with dementia. Exactly. And the aging generation that we have right now. Exactly. Uh, it's pretty it's daunting. It's daunting. And I love that you are, you know, you're just kind of doing it one person at a time. I mean, that's all I can do. You, you know, I would love to have a veranda house, somebody, you know, that's our dream. I had someone tell me the other day, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to start. We just going to start believing that someone's going to walk up one of these days. I don't have to be on church property, a veranda house, a house with rooms, a house with a porch, a house with a yard to where you can do much better. And that's what people with dementia need. They need the yard. They need the outside. They need the the extra rooms where you can take them. They need all that. And so I believe one of these days it will happen. But I have, I didn't believe 10 years ago, truly that I'd still be here 10 years. But if you do the right thing for the right reason, that's our motto. God's going to bless it. And he has. And so we've helped many families and they're still friends. They're still family. So, you know, I've spoke at more funerals in the last 10 years of my life because the families will say, you know what? You knew mama best. Mm, you knew mom better than I did. So I'm blessed. I'm what blessed to get to do what I do. Um, and so it is what I'm supposed to do. It's a good place to be. Is there any final kind of, um, you know, words of wisdom that you would say to, to listeners about kind of how to cope with a diagnosis or how to cope with caregiving? You know what? I, this is what I always tell everybody. The first thing you need to find a caregiver. You need to find someone that you can bring in and let them be a buddy because there's going to come a time right now. Well, he doesn't need it now, but he needs a friend and that relationship will stick. And when you need to go get your hair done and you can't, or you want to go out to eat, there's somebody already there. That's a buddy. And you need to do that. It is imperative. It is important. It is one of the first things you need to do. Second, I would say be open to doulas. Be open to someone that can come in once a week, twice a week and say, how are things going? Anything I can do for you as the spouse or the family? What can I do for him? Can I take him somewhere? Can I stay here while you go somewhere? Just be that non-medical person that has the knowledge of the disease. That's the key thing to it. Always, always, as soon as they can get on palliative care, palliative care, because now we have it here in Gallatin and I've got nearly all of mine on it because it gets a, a nurse practitioner to you once a month. And yeah. then of always hospice, that will be your friend when that time comes. Do not be afraid of it. Do mm -hmm. not be afraid of it. And I, that is my go-tos. That is my, and socialization. You got to have socialization. Fabulous. Both for the, the person with dementia and the caregivers. Exactly. Yeah. Both. Both. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Mary. And this has been so interesting to discuss. I just think it's a rich topic and a hard topic. It is hard. It is hard. And I know I sound sometimes like it's old hat to me, but it really isn't. New I've cried. Day. I cried yesterday over someone that came. It was sad. It is a sad, terrible disease my job is to bring joy to that disease mm -hmm. in little bits and pieces. I can't take it away, but ever so often we can have a breakthrough and somebody say, 
I love you. And the daughter will say, well, she never tells me she loves me. But it's a different relationship. It's a different relationship. And how do we cultivate those relationships and support people? Exactly. We have to support them. Thank you so much, Marianne. You are more than welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to the Best Life, Best Death podcast, and this has been the end of a two-part series with Marianne Oglesby Southerly, the founder and executive director of the Veranda Ministries. I just think that um, Marianne brings a wealth of experience working very intimately with dementia patients, and she had two really good resources that I want to repeat here. One is a woman named Tipa Snow, who is really considered the expert in dementia in the U.S. She has a website that's got fantastic resources for families and caregivers, T-E-E-P-A-S-N-O-W.com, Tipa Snow. And the other person she mentioned was Daniel Potts, who's written, along with his wife, a fabulous book called A Pocket Guide for the Alzheimer's Caregiver. So I highly recommend these two resources, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks so much. And you can find out more about me at bestlifebestdeath.com. Thanks again.